For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. For the record, you ain't trying to grow, then it's done for you. For the record, lab on me going all the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. For the record, for the record, for the for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome to The Clink Moments of Redemption. In this very different episode of The Clink, we talk to Donna, a crime scene cleaner who gives some graphic details about her job. Warning, some of the content discussed may be distressing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. If we jump forward a couple of years and I'm at a, um, it's an overdose in Brisbane. The gentleman had died and he had been there for 10 days. So the body fluids had leaked through the couch and it had soaked all down the floor, down the hallway, and it had found a crack under the sink. And the blood and fat was dripping down onto the uh, apartment down the bottom. So this man comes home from work and sees what he thinks is oil on his bench and it's not. Um, He realises it's blood dripping from his ceiling. So I'm called late at night to go and clean it up. It's late, it's at night time. And I could hear the buzzer ringing. And one of my friends was with me at the time helping me because the job was bigger than I had anticipated. And he said, John, are you going to answer that? And so many times the phone rings. And I said, I don't answer the phones. And he said, no, it's the front door. And I was like, what? Like someone's buzzing the front door. It's one o'clock in the morning. And I look over and I can see a group of people trying to get into the apartment. My friend says, Donna, I think this is a crack house. And I start looking around. I've never seen a crack house before. No, I imagine it to be like something off the movie Wonderland. I now know what a crack house looks like. And I suddenly realize, like, yeah, it is. So I call my boss and I say, they're trying to get in. There's something in here, but I can't find it. So I leave to go to bed for a couple of hours. I'm calling a locksmith in the morning and I come home and I come back. And my boss meets me there and he said, John, why did you leave all of these bloody footprints around the place? And I said, I'd never do that. And I walked inside and they had got in and cleaned the place out. Emptied it. Took everything in there. Emptied it. They took everything in there. And there was blood everywhere. Let's just go back to the fact that there'd been a body there for 10 days decomposing. That alone, I think, would be enough to deter anybody from just... <laughs> There's obviously a stench that comes with that, yeah, like a, a oh, sickening. Yeah, I could, I could smell it out the front. It's a smell I'll never forget. Um, I don't know how anybody in that apartment building was actually living in there. There was one lady that had incense burners at her doorstep, so obviously you know something's bad. Why nobody called the police? I don't know. Um, the smell—you can't breathe in deep. It takes breath away. How does someone like yourself prepare for that? You know, like surely you just can't go in there knowing that, you know, okay, well, it's another uh, crime scene, another death, possibly, you know, a, a decomposed body. The baby does a turd in a nappy. I vomit. You know what I mean? I see dog shitting in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> like, my goodness, you have a stomach of steel. Yeah, I do. I do. Vix is my best friend. Put a bit of Vix on your nose. Sometimes I do wear a gas mask. Um, and then I'm, I'm right to go. So, I mean, at the moment, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, having to wear a mask again is just normal everyday life for me. And then you would be able to just walk away from there and just go about your business. Yeah, go out for dinner. Oh, really? 
yeah, it was still, it, was, it, it became normality for me. You know, as messed up as it is, it was my normal day. I was surrounded by death. Um, I lost my identity, though. I was no longer Donna. It was, you know, if someone introduced me, I'm Donna the crime scene cleaner. And that was my, I've had this title. Um, and that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Um, I would sometimes lie about what I did for a job. I would say that I was an Arnott's biscuit designer because nobody really cares about that. Yeah. How old were you, Donna, when you first started? And what did you have? What did you have to do? Was there a degree or anything that you had to do to be able to fulfil this position of employment? Um, I studied out on my own. So I studied for a company in America. It's very big in America. Um, when I started doing it here, I worked for Australia's biggest company. There was three of us. Um, and so I studied OHS design for meth labs because they can do drug labs as well. Um, so I did that. Working in confined spaces because I have pulled insulation out of a roof that was full of meth. Um, anything that I could do that would put me in front of anyone else. I'm five foot nothing. You know, I need to be able to make sure that I get noticed and I needed it to be written on paper. Go back to that. So you you, you basically, is it a, is it a four-year, three-year? I mean, what, how does someone actually achieve that, um, that accreditation to be able to then move forward? In um, I studied for about a year. Um, it's not something that I would encourage many people to do. Uh, anyone that you speak to, you go down the pub and everybody's like, yeah, I could, I could do that. Um, I've worked with a lot of guys on the job and I've kicked a lot of them off the job. People just can't stomach it. And, yeah, I know that people do it for the wrong reason. Um, they want to be able to tell these stories and say that, that this is what they do. It's nothing to be proud of. Um, I'm proud that I helped people, definitely. Um, other than that, why would you want to? clean up someone else's brains. Yes. What, why does Donna, well, why did Donna want to do that? Why, you know, you go from a hairdresser where you're, you know, I guess in some senses you're a counsellor. <laughs> you're, you're listening to people's highs and lows. But, you, you know, you're there making people feel good about themselves. You know, you're giving people that, that nice, niceness to life. You know what I mean? Flip that coin and, you, like, you know, you're cleaning brains off a wall that's been splattered. Um, I, it's just so far from. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I honestly, I think I just I saw a, there's a show. It used to be on Netflix, um, and it's called. Well, it's now on Netflix. It wasn't. It was on Fox years ago, and it's called How Clean Is Your Crime Scene? And that was what I watched. This guy was crazy, nuts, and like everyone, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's something that I could do. I don't know what it was that made me so um, successful in what I did. Having my hairdressing background, I can talk to anyone, and I think that was really helpful. Meeting a family member and asking for so much money to clean up something that has just happened um, is hard. You have to be empathetic and understand. And a lot of people you know, want to help and cut costs back, and you do have to explain to people that it's dangerous living in a house where there's body fluids or brain matter or, I mean, anything like that. It's so bad for your health. Hear more about Donna the Crime Scene Cleaner in Season 6 of The Clink. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. For the record, lab on me going all the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. For the record, 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 for the record. 